You're listening to a Skewed Orbit original podcast. Friends, welcome back to Highly Unlikely. I'm your host, Alex Getlin, and this is the show where I get my friends high and teach them about a subject that is so bizarre. It seems highly unlikely, but it is 100% true. Now, my guest today is Armando Torres. He's a hilarious stand-up comedian. His views on TikTok get millions and millions of hits, and he's the co-host of Cult Podcast, one of the best podcasts out there about cults. Tons of listenership. Definitely check it out. And today, we're going to learn about ancient Egypt. Wow. I'm going to go smoke a mummy. Dude, all right, Armando, thank you for being here. It's such a treat to have you on Highly Unlikely. So you're a pretty frequent weed smoker, right? Like you, or at least you were. Now I, I know you told me you've cut back a little bit, but you still kind of dabble. Uh, yeah, I used to smoke weed all the time. I used to smoke like I don't know, like an ounce every paycheck. That's huh. the kind of weed smoker I was too. You, where you, you like tell the time by how it much out based on your income. Yeah, all yeah. Right. So I. Uh, I, I used to smoke an ounce every paycheck, which is like two weeks. And then last summer, I just kind of stopped smoking weed. Uh, and then when you start again, you're like, oh, you can just pick it up. Like right. like you were. Sure. But your body just completely resets. And uh, now every time I smoke weed, it feels like uh, the first time I've ever smoked weed in my life. But that's kind of cool. Or do you, you might get paranoid, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird to be paranoid again. That's funny. Well, I know that you have that, your most popular video on TikTok is you performing while high, correct? Yeah, yeah and you have that joke. It's like, do you want to be sleepy but not tired? Yeah. That, do you feel that way now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. If you ever want to just feel like you're in high school again, just stop smoking weed for like three months and then smoke. And uh, I think you're a police officer right now. <laughs> I, you, I do. You, I do yeah. look like a narc. Yeah. I've played a lot of cops on t on like different little crime shows I've done and stuff like that. Music videos. I usually get cast as either detective, beat cop, or criminal. I've played prisoner before. But you're for the people listening to the audio only version. Armando six five. Mm -hmm. You're pretty big, dude. Very, Very large. Dude, so yeah. it takes you a lot to get high, right? Uh, this is it not a factor? You'd think so, but I'm really high right now <laughs> okay great all right dudes let's talk about ancient egypt yeah so what do you know about ancient egypt Oof. what comes to mind mummies okay that's a big part of it we're going to talk about that yes anything I was really else excited for mummies all right so ancient egypt was by many accounts considered the first or one of the first civilizations mesopotamia was kind of around the same time which that is in like modern day sort of iran and that whole part of the world ancient egypt took place in or was located in what is today Egypt and it also extended far south all the way down to almost hitting Somalia up to Syria but that's kind of the general area so either way 3100 BC is when this kind of the first iteration of ancient Egypt came to be and in the empire reigned until 30 BC it was a thousands of years before Christ yes before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ 
For some folks, yeah. Not everybody, but yes. I think BCE, some people say that's like the new way to say it. It means before the common era. I don't know. Either way, whatever term you prefer, that's fine. We're inclusive here on Highly Unlikely. You know. Yeah. No, I'm I don't I think it's just crazy that that's how we do it, you know. That like, we do before Christ and, and after then death. after yeah. I guess why? Cuz it's like other cultures don't get to have their <laughs> version of yeah. timekeeping. Yeah. You just anywhere you go in the world it's just like thir- but but 2021 years after what? That's a good point. Well, it was a pretty significant event. I mean, even if you don't believe that it actually happened, like you know, I don't have a stance on it either way, but it still was like a lot of. I'm just saying, Alex a lot, Gatlin, I don't have a stance on Jesus Christ. I'm just, I'm just saying, whether you believe it was a real event or just a story, yeah, had a pretty significant impact on how like the whole modern world came to be. Yeah, yeah, Do you know course. what I'm saying? All right. Anyway, let's get back to Egypt. Okay, <laughs> so this is 31. You're really high, dude. Yeah, I love it. Some of our guests haven't been that high, but I like you're good and toasty. It's great. Oh, yeah. This is awesome. Okay. So, ancient Egypt, the big thing about ancient Egypt really, you know, helped their uh, society function was the Nile River. The Nile River was how they would transport goods up and down. It was kind of their main interstate. It was how they could irrigate their crops. They could, you know, transport goods and services and whatnot. It was a really uh, popular thing they needed for day-to-day life. It was also very dangerous to uh, go down the Nile. It was infested with hippos and crocodiles. So it wasn't that uncommon that people would get attacked by either of these animals when they were going down the Nile. So I'm just kind of setting some info for you about. No, oh, yeah. It's just wild to say that they were infested by it. Maybe not infested. Like, like but ants. It, yeah, there, like, was a, there was a large amount of hippos and crocs that would often, it was, it was not uncommon that an ancient Egyptian would meet their death via crocodile or hippo. Just, you know, they're hopping on a boat. Do you think they felt like it was the same thing as like a heart attack? Um, I think they probably thought a heart attack was like a vengeful god punishing them. And but they also maybe because they did have there's like thousands of gods in their culture. Sure. Um and also depending on who was Pharaoh, they I'll get more into this in a little bit, but depending on which gods were the most important and how many depended on who was Pharaoh. So the Pharaoh was sort of the in-between between the gods and regular people pharaohs thought of themselves as like versions of the deities in human form and so some pharaohs liked other gods more than different ones and so they would like decide hey this is the main god now not this guy just fyi uh so and then like he would die and his successor was like yeah fuck that no we're going back to this god so so he just controls the general zeitgeist of egypt basically Hmm. but they um so surprisingly they actually had a lot of things that you wouldn't have expected from a culture from so many thousands of years ago. So they actually had health care for everybody in their society. Even the slaves had health care given to them. What? Yeah. How? What do you mean? Like, what was their version of health care? Or why would slaves get health care? No. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I have an opinion that everyone should have health care. I think they, well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume they gave the slaves health care to keep them working at full capacity. I don't sure. think it was like to be generous. I just meant, how did, how? Well, they had doctors, you know, people who would like, If you were sick, they would do various remedies. They would try to help with things. Actually, um, believe it or not, they had not only like general doctors, but they had doctors that were specialists in certain fields. They had dentists. They had eye doctors. Now, I don't know the nuances of what those days, that meant to be an eye doctor in ancient Egypt, but that was a thing that existed. And they also had proctologists, which is 100% true. In the ancient Egyptian language, proctologist literally translates to shepherd of the anus 
<laughs> that was the. <laughs> what? Is, okay, but where does the anus need to go? Well, I think it was just. <laughs> I think you were just guiding the anus back to health. So. <laughs> Enemas were very common for the royalty. Mm-hmm. So pharaohs, even though dis- the depictions of them, they were like these like beautiful, buff, chiseled men and women. There were a few female pharaohs. Um, but when you say like shepherd, right, it makes me think of Jesus again. Sure. Like leading his herd. So it makes me feel like you're the savior of the ass if you're a proctologist. Well, I guess in their culture to an extent it was. And so what? But pretty much the proctologists, all they really did was um, deliver enemas so enemas were really popular back then. They would use castor oil. And so pharaohs, they were known in the, like, you know, um, upper class society. They would just eat and eat and eat. They were these, like, really fat, overweight slobs, yeah, a lot of just them. Look, he, he looked me dead in the eye when he said <laughs> Did you see that? I'm just making eye contact, man. <laughs> but so the, uh, the proctologists would distribute the enemas, and then there would be, like, a full, like, day-long, two-day period where they would just, like, sit on ancient egyptian toilets and they thought it was to kind of like help purge out their bodies um speaking of the mummies we'll do more of this in a, in a second but when they've actually dug up the mummies of these pharaohs and like done different dna testing they found that they had like blood clots and all the things we would associate today with like severe obesity so for whatever reason they thought the anus shepherd was there to guide your like to cleanse your body out with these castor oil enemas and it wasn't good for them no no i don't think so i mean but most of life was difficult. People didn't live very long in ancient Egypt. Yeah, because they were putting gallons of castor oil up them, <laughs> yeah. up their asses. Um, sure, yeah. So they also you had... said they shit for two days at a time? It could happen, yeah. From what I've read, I did a lot of research for this. And for the pharaohs... See, the common man didn't always have access to this. So they're really, in ancient Egypt, it was just the royal, the pharaoh and his sort of, like, immediate family, civilian, like, regular people, and then slaves. There wasn't, like class structure like today it was either you're a royal you're a regular person or you're someone's property do you uh, think that it in that in that day and age it was actually a flex to be able to shit for that long probably yeah it was like did you hear that he shit for two days he didn't have to do anything for two days but shit i think well you know what's funny is that the pharaohs they would start their day where like they would wake up and then immediately they're like what we would think of today like a presidential cabinet like your team of advisors would immediately surround them and you know start telling them like this is what's going on with the kingdom this we got to work on etc cetera, etc cetera. so i'm just imagining like a pharaoh taking like a massive dump and then his like team of advisors is there like trying to have like their meeting about like you know the crop season and impending armies and other stuff he's just he's just like you guys can we can we do it later <laughs> Here's some other things that the Egyptians invented, by the way. And when I say they invented, I don't mean that they were the sole creators of this because other cultures at the same time invented some of these things. But Egyptians on their own, without connection to the outside world, came up with all of these things. A system of mathematics, geometry, surveying, metallurgy. It's like making things out of metal. Astronomy, accounting, the ramp, the plow, the lever, grain mills, and clocks. And what we know today as the calendar. Well, let me talk about the clocks first, because this is pretty interesting. So they had two versions of a clock. So one was using an obelisk or like a sun clock, you know, be like something like a sundial and where the shadow is, that's how they used to dictate time. But they also came up with this thing. The priests would use it for like night rituals and they called them water clocks. And what they would do is they would take like a bowl 
or some kind of container and drill a tiny hole through it and they would fill it with water and then they would time how long it took for the water to drain out and then that's how long they would measure stuff. So they would use that. It's almost like an hourglass, but like a very old version of that. They also had police. They had their own version of police. So it used to be before there was like organized civilization, the pharaoh or whoever's in charge like had his own personal guards, but now they had a police uh, a, a police force that like was supposed to keep order across the whole kingdom. And they would use wooden staffs and dogs if they needed to, like, you know, round up people. It's crazy that there's not even, like, a simple background check to get a wooden stick anymore. <laughs> or a dog. Yeah. Well, do you think we should have background checks for dogs? Oh, we no, should actually, definitely have background checks for dogs. You do have to get approved, I think, to rescue dogs. That's good. Right? Yeah. I think so. Well, so the punishments, they would do everything from they would confiscate goods if they needed to. They would beat you, and they would mutilations was a pretty common form of punishment. They would chop off your ears and your nose if they thought the crime was uh, severe enough. How in depth is the police back then, though? Well, there wasn't a ton of info other than the fact that there was a. It was just interesting that like the pharaohs created a police force yeah. to deal with all of society. It wasn't just like I'm the pharaoh, deal with your own shit. No, but I mean, like, are there are there ancient Egyptian detectives? Uh, probably to some extent. I mean, I don't think they had like ancient Egyptian like forensics or anything. No. You know, you think they had an ancient Egyptian loose cannon who played by his own rules? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Just the rogue. The te- that'd be such a funny, <laughs> such a funny. Pharaoh's like, I'm gonna need your badge. <laughs> he's like, give me your stick. Give me your dog. stick. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I'm going to solve the case, right? He's just tracking down, like, you know, I don't know who stole the grain from this guy or something. You're walking on thin ice, Tutankhamun. We don't know what ice is. We live in ancient Egypt. I don't think they'd ever seen ice. No, but they had water clocks. So Right, but I don't think they knew what... I don't. I mean, I don't have any info here about it, but I would guess that in ancient Egypt, the concept of it ever being cold enough for water to freeze was so foreign to them. The deserts get real cold in the winter. That's true. I also, I don't know why I gave you a literal answer to this absurd scenario to begin with. <laughs> anyway, okay. So they, I don't know if you've seen this in like pictures and stuff, but um, Egyptians, they completely shaved their entire body, top to bottom. Men and women would shave their heads too. The reason is lice was a real problem in Egypt. It was like rampant everywhere. So just from, you know, childhood on, they would shave completely. But then... The pharaohs, because they wanted to stand out, they would have these really beautiful wigs. So they would wear them a lot. Some of them had like gold beads in it and other kind of jewelry and stuff. Also, there were a lot of things about ancient Egypt that apparently, um, you know, unfortunately so happened today. So Herodotus, who was a Greek historian, he visited Egypt and did a lot of detailed recording of what ancient Egypt was like. And they used to have these different boat ceremonies in the Nile around their religious uh, festivities. And he said catcalling. He didn't call it that. But basically catcalling was a common thing where the women would line up along the banks to like look at the boats. And then men on the boats would like hoot at them. They would pull up their garments and show their penises. They would like wag their dicks and expose themselves to these ancient women. And Herodotus was so taken aback at like how bizarre and gross it was. It's it's terrible. Okay. So ancient Egyptians had their own calendar, and it was based off the agriculture cycle. So it would basically start after the seasonal flooding of the Nile, sure. and then it would be the start of the new year. So their new year started on September 11th. Not a joke. Whoa. It's 100% real. I don't know why. I mean, they didn't call it September then. They had their own way of keeping yeah. track of the months. They said it, it was uh, that was corn. That was the corn part of year. Sure. Um, if we were to track it by the Egyptian calendar year, we would be in 6262 right now. It's the year we would be in. 
So their calendar actually had 13 months, and it followed, at first it followed um, the, the uh, agricultural seasons, and it was um, lunar-based, and they changed it to be sun-based, and so they had 12 months that were 30 days, and then they had five days at the end for their 13th month that was just celebration. And they believed that the god Toth, who was the god of knowledge, the moon, and reading, gave them the calendar it's kind of interesting because they like clearly a person came up with this calendar but they still always would attribute it to like their gods giving it to them um you think that feels like being the world's greatest ghostwriter i guess so yeah it's an interesting concept like because you got you have to take it one of two ways of either like somebody says that it comes from a god and then you're just like a guy and you're like i came up with that that's not a god that was todd I did that. I, I wonder if it's also like nobody would buy into it unless he said that the god made it. Like he knew that no one would take him seriously. It's like this is how we're going to keep track of the seasons. And they're like, what? You're just like Larry or whatever his Egyptian name was, yeah. right? It's like, no, dude. And he's like, no, Toth made it up. And it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, now we buy it. We do that now today with stuff. I guess. I guess. Yeah. It was. It could have been like the world's first Santa Claus. <laughs> I guess. You just make it up. Sure. Um, but here's the funny thing. So the so the calendar had 12 months, 30 days each, and they added the five-day celebration to make it 365 days. Okay. But they forgot about leap day. So after a certain amount of time, the calendar was really out of whack, and it wasn't keeping track with the seasons because enough times they had forgotten to add. Like, they didn't know the concept of leap day and how it wasn't perfectly. You're familiar with leap day, right, with our yeah. calendar? Yeah. Okay, you're high, so I just want to double check. Well, because we get, okay. I know it's extremely important to you. It's my birthday. It's your birthday. It is. How often does it come again? Once every four years. Every four years. Yeah. So you're how old are you? You're like eight? I have had eight real birthdays. Wow. Yeah, I know. But uh Ptolemy the third, I think is how you say it. He that pharaoh realized we needed an extra day with the cause the calendar at a certain point was like it's not even accurate anymore. Yeah. Right. So then he added a leap day to make you're it very pro leap day. Of course. I love leap day. Yeah. Why would I not? my birthday well you might find this interesting so the water back then would have like different parasites and things that would get into it sure. so to clean it they would make um basically like beer water and this is pretty common through human history in revolutionary times in colonial america they would call it near beer and it was like super low alcohol beer but the brewing process would make it more palatable to drink but it wasn't like a liquid we would think of it was more like a thick soup and that's what their common beverage was. It was like soupy, warm beer, oh. and, and they would add in spices and dates for flavor. That's not, I'm, mm, well, it's kind of like hot cocoa. Uh, a little bit. They had toothpaste. So they actually, their toothpaste was made from powdered ox hooves, eggshells, and pumice stone. <laughs> they, okay. They, they also had dentists, which means they could have had the phrase that like four out of five dentists agree. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> Scarab paste is the paste for you. Um, they had board games. There's a game called Senate, which some people still play today, and it was like it's kind of it's like a sort of like an old version of checkers. Um, interestingly, also with some other things they would do, like medically related, boys got circumcised, but they didn't do it until their mid-teens, and there isn't a lot of record of why. Uh, but for some reason, when they would get to that teenage years, they would start snipping off the foreskin, which seems. <laughs> pretty miserable that sounds awful yeah so they had a couple different ways they would try and predict fertility and pregnancy so a fertility test they would take a clove of garlic and a woman would stick it in her vagina and then they would smell her breath and if the garlic was on her breath they thought she was fertile 
and if she they couldn't smell the garlic, they thought she was infertile. Did they think that they planted garlic I don't and know. that it was growing if you could smell it through the mouth? I don't, there wasn't a lot of in, they don't have they just know that like that's what they did. There wasn't a lot of uh, in depth reasoning behind why they thought that. So an ancient version of a pregnancy test is they would take a piece of barley and a piece of emmer wheat, and they would have a woman pee on it, mm-hmm. and if the um, if the barley like um, you know had certain like reactions, they would think it was a boy. The emmer wheat, if it reacted a certain way, that way they would think it was a girl. I don't know exactly how they tested it, but there was some sort of like response that the urine would have with the grains. And today they say that's still a f- somewhat accurate test to see if you're having a boy or a girl. Hmm. You're skeptical. No, I just that was that was the one thing that you've said so far because the garlic thing to me sounds like bullshit, right? Well, according to my in-depth internet research, it just sounds—I don't know—it sounds like you're making like a a, a baby roast. It's does it? That's what I'm saying. It sounds oh. disgusting. Oh, like you're fermenting the? Well, they were, that was just to check if they're fertile. It wasn't to check if they're pregnant. No, no, no. I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It sounds just gross in general. But this, but then you said this one, and I was like, okay, but like. Plants have general reactions. I, there's more science. There's more, yeah. so there's more logic to the science there. Well, listen to this part. So they also understood the concept of contraceptives. So ancient condoms, they tried two things. One, they would use uh, linens wrapped like soaked in olive oil, and then um, sheep intestines. It's another big one. Um, but they also did this thing where it was sort of like the uh, ancient Egyptian version of an IUD. Okay. Um, where they would take crocodile poo, this is real, mm. and they would mix it with honey and dates and it would make like a little, like almost like a plug, and a woman would stick it in her vagina, and it would block, and they, they said it was actually pretty effective, and it would block semen from being able to impregnate. I, yeah, I guess because IUDs are supposed to what? They create uh, an unhealthy environment for sperm. So I guess technically um, that could work. I don't I don't know. I, I heard someone basically, uh, some comic had a joke. I'm going to butcher it, but it was effectively like hiring like a permanent bouncer for your cervix. And so like anybody you try, like any sperm that tries to sneak in, he'll like kick him out. But I don't, I, I don't, I don't really know how it works. Um, shocker, two bros on a weed podcast don't know how uh, pregnancy and vaginas work. They had a very interesting creation story in their theology as well. Kind of similar to what a lot of people in today's religions believe that the earth started is just there was like the universe rather that was devoid of nothingness. Mm -hmm. It was just this vague, vast emptiness. So with the Egyptian creation story, Mm -hmm. their God, this is really what they believe. Their God, a tomb, masturbated into the void of nothingness and created life. And all life stemmed from that. And so, like I said, the pharaohs believed that they were connected directly to the gods, mm-hmm. and they were super into the idea of fertility, especially with their crops. I mean, obviously, that was such a big part of their life. They had they had to have fertile crops to eat and keep the kingdom fed. But the universe is just God's sock. Oh, really? Dude. <laughs> That's what it means. Well, so I I mean, apparently. Well, so listen. Hold, let me finish this, and I, I'm I'm sure you'll have a take on it. So, as part of this whole um, creation ritual and fertility ritual to try and ask the gods to help keep their crops fertile. The pharaohs would yearly go down, or routinely would go down to the Nile and they would masturbate into the river and they thought it was a way to help create more, f- so just imagine all these like remember I said they were pretty fat, yeah. so these like fat just big gut belly pharaohs like waddling down to the Nile and you know, masturbating into the river 
asking the gods to give them fertile crops. But when I do it, it's a crime. <laughs> oh, man. It's, I guess some, some things do change. Apparently. Okay, Armando, now let's jump in to the part you've been waiting for. Let's talk about mummies. Mummies. So... The Egyptians were kind of the pioneers of the mummification process. What do you know about mummies? I know you were talking about it before I jump into this. Uh, I know that they're scary. Okay, because sure. Of, because I learned about, because everybody learned it this way, right? You learn about mummies as from a Brendan kid. From Brendan Fraser's movie, The Mummy. Or, yeah, just from movies or yeah. scary stories in general. And then that's everyone's introduction, at least everyone I know. And then you get to school and they tell you about mummies like middle school or something right. and then you're like it was real yeah and oh. it fucks with your perception of what is and isn't reality so they fuck me up so the the interesting thing about mummies they're scary so, so the mummies were really really well preserved and they were so well preserved that today scientists can do different like you know genetic dna testing and see what different diseases they had but the process of mummification by the way it wasn't just for the pharaohs there were like different tiers of how uh expensive your mummification process would be so the pharaohs obviously had the best ones but like even the common man would have kind of like the discount like the costco version of getting mummified um because the the egyptians were super duper into the afterlife sure like a lot of cults right you're a cult yeah. expert you know people are obsessed with what happens to them after death yeah so they were really into the idea that you needed to have your body look as similar as possible to you when you were alive because otherwise the gods wouldn't be able to recognize you and send you to your proper afterlife location which i thought was so odd because if they're gods right they're like that means they're like the most powerful beings on earth but they might be able to get fooled because you didn't look the way you did when you were alive it just seemed like a very well, weird concept think about okay you at one point had a driver's license where you had hair <laughs> Yes, this is true. And so now... For audio-only people, I am fully bald. I shave my head. <laughs> yeah. And so now if you get pulled over by the police yep. and they ask to see your ID, they're going to see a guy with hair and then look at you and be like, I don't know about this one, bud. Yes, that's exactly... The same the, thing. Sure. Okay. I'll let you run with that. Um, You're going to have to have a wig on your body or else God's not going to recognize you. Yeah, apparently. Or, ooh... Or do you have to look as close to what you look like as a baby? Well, that would be really weird. Because then you're closer to it than I am. <laughs> I guess. So the expensive version of Mummify. <laughs> My producer is laughing hysterically off camera. <laughs> I guess she liked that one. I think she might be high, too. Um, she's not. She's pregnant. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> The really expensive version of mummifying is they would um, very delicately cut a slice in the left side of the body and pull the organs out by hand and put them in jars and store them next to the mummified body. But they left the heart in because they thought the heart was like basically, they thought the brain was in your heart. And they actually didn't care about the brain. They would pull it out through the nose and throw it away. They had no concept that the brain was so important, which is interesting because they had these incredible inventions and understood certain things, but the brain to them was just like, they thought it was junk. But if you couldn't afford the expensive 
version of being mummified to take your organs out and preserve them. They would just use uh, cheap oil. That they would I don't know what kind of oil, but there was a certain kind of oil. They would pour it into the body and it would liquefy the organs. Do you think it was the same oil they shoved up their butts? I don't think it was castor oil, no, because I looked that up and it was a different kind of oil. Hmm. But they said different oils and various liquids. They would pour it down your throat and it would just like dissolve the uh, organs over time or help. It would already, they were dead, but it would help. Yeah. So after they removed all the organs... They would uh, they would dry the body out with this stuff called naphtrin, and it was uh, basically just like salt. It was some kind of combination of you know salt like substance they would do, and it would you know dry out the body so that it would be preserved. Then they would wrap it in all these you know different um, different kind of coverings for the mummies to keep it preserved. Put it in the tomb. They it also is, it is pretty fucked up that we think that it was toilet paper now, right? <laughs> That is really fun. Yeah. Dude, imagine that, right? Like, back then, a pharaoh is, like, you know, speaking with his advisors and whoever about this, like, incredibly important, like, the most important ceremonious thing in his life. And he's like, one day, people are going to do this on a holiday you've never heard of, and they're going to cover themselves in the paper they use to wipe their ass. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what do they do it for? Just candy. Yeah, just because they just think because, it's adorable. Yeah. So it's like people trying to be scary. No, it's children. <laughs> and we think they're adorable. God, that's so... God, what a great point. I wonder with like what's sacred to us now that'll be like a joke, like in a couple thousand years. <laughs> Probably Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to Jesus. Oh, man. Um, they also would put in fake eyes. They would add a wig. And then on top of the t- of the tomb that the mummy was put in, they would put a face mask on. See, so I told you that you should get a wig. So now it's going back to that. So you should get the hair that you used to have. Sure. Um, which haircut, which hairstyle is your favorite? Like if I could pick yeah. any hairstyle, probably just like a buzz cut. I don't, I never really had long hair. I don't think I would, I would think I would look very silly with like a fro or something. Yeah. I wouldn't do, I mean, I certainly wouldn't do like, I don't know, like long hair. You don't want like long, luscious, like Kurt Russell hair? No. Like Kenny G hair? No, like, uh, oh, what's his name? Fabio? No, 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 no. Did I say Kurt Russell? That's a person, yeah. right? That's who I'm thinking of from like Escape from no, 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 New York? But Kenny G is like that like smooth jazz, weird white dude, long hair. You know what I mean? No, I mean like, Remember back in the 80s when you could have, like, a short bob cut as a man, and it was like, ah, that's intimidating. Like Javier Bardem? Or is that his name, Javier Bardem? I have no idea. The guy from No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. That guy had a bob cut. Yeah. He was scary. That's not what I was talking about, but that is what I mean. <laughs> so God, I would look terrifying with a bob cut. <laughs> yeah. Dude, honestly, I don't think there are many hairstyles that would be scarier on me. I think it's the confidence <laughs> to have it. Yeah. It's just like I don't need because you're because bald says tough, right? Right. But <laughs> yeah. bull cut bull cut says not tough, and you're still scary in spite of that. Yeah, I do have a tough face. I don't, I wouldn't call myself like actually t- like real life tough. Like I've never had to like be tough in a real world scenario, sure. but. Jeff Ross, if you guys know him, he's like the roast master general from a lot of those Comedy Central roasts. Yeah. He told me I my face looks like I curb stomp people at Planet Fitness. So <laughs> I think it's pretty accurate. That is pretty good. Yeah. One other thing about, back to the mummies really quick. Yeah, please. So apparently, if somebody was really, for the women, if they were really attractive, 
they would actually let the body sit out and rot for a few days and then have it embalmed. And the reason is because apparently there was a problem with embalmers having sex with the bodies of the really beautiful. And so they realized this was a problem. Like, it was so common that they made it a practice that the family would, like, keep the body and let it, like, get extra ripe. And then they would take it to the embalmers. How? How? That means that one of the worst insults somebody could ever give you is after you die and your body's there and they're like, so should we wait a few days? They're like, nah, it's probably fine. (laughs) Probably just send it right away. Oh, dude. Like, they're like, nah, no one's going to want to sleep with this dead. Oh, my God. It's so gross, dude. Yeah. (laughs) So one of the things I wanted to mention, just another interesting thing about their fertility and things they thought. I mentioned how parasitic flatworms were common in the water. And one of the problems with those is it would often get infected and uh, they would grow in people's intestines and they would sometimes have blood in their urine, men and women. So the men and women thought they both menstruated. So if a man was peeing blood, they thought he was extra fertile as well. Hmm. I don't... Hmm. You don't buy it? I don't think that's good, no. Oh, okay. No. It's not good. No. But they also didn't think the brain was important either. You know what I mean? That's fair. But is it, though? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. That one kind of makes sense to me because, like, the thought. Yeah, I want you to remember for who I am in here. That's not fair. up here. This guy, the bad, dumb decisions. So let me tell you about. I ate the, uh, an orange and a chocolate bar before coming on your show. Yeah, and you... then and then an edible and then smoked a joint. I'm super high. I love it. Well, the the orange and the chocolate bar weren't laced with THC. That was just pre munchies food. The gummy had weed in it. Yeah, I've been drugged. <laughs> Okay, let me tell you about the pharaohs, all right? So that the pharaoh was just the king, as you know. They tried to keep the bloodlines really pure. That was a thing back sure. then, and they would sleep with their um, sisters and half-siblings and sometimes someone's parent, and it was really weird. And Some things never change, huh? <laughs> Ew. Um, but, so like I mentioned before a little bit at the top, so a pharaoh would wake up, he would immediately be bathed and dressed by his servants. He didn't really do anything. He had servants that would fan him constantly. He had royal guards all the time. If he left the palace, he would be carried in one of those. It was called a sedan, and it was that thing you see with like the four poles on it and a chair, and there were like the guys carrying him around in the royal sedan. That's crazy that me and the pharaoh drove the same whip. <laughs> yeah, you've got like a, you know... 2012 Toyota Giza Pyramid or something. Um, that was a dumb joke. That really did not hit the way I hoped it would. Keep it in. I love yeah, it. I'm going to keep it in. There were a few on other podcasts that I did that fell flat. But listen, man, you know, I'm a little toasty, too. And they're not all going to be home yeah, runs. I'm super high. Um, they also, like I said, they had really elaborate wigs. They would put gold in them. Um, also, pharaohs, they would have uh, their main wife. And then they would have a massive harem of women. And typically, the more women in your harem the more power you had as a pharaoh. It was a sign of status. In fact, Ramses II had apparently 100 children with his various harems, uh, women, and... um, That sounds taxing. I don't think he knew most of them. I would guess he was an absentee father for, like, almost all of his kids. Sure. Can you recall, by chance, any of the pharaohs by name? you remember learning about any of them? There's a few that are sort of famous. Tutankhamun. Yeah, okay, so that's right. So King Tut, who was King Tutankhamun, you remembered that. Yeah. So he actually, believe it or not, was very, like, kind of not that revered in his time. He's so popular because his tomb was discovered in 1922, and it was mostly kept totally intact. A lot of the tombs they found, like, by the time the modern era found it, they had been robbed and emptied out. 
But King Tut's was almost totally preserved. And there was all kinds of artifacts and chariots and things like that in there. But King Tut was known as the Boy King. He became Pharaoh when he was nine years old. And uh, he died when he was 19. He didn't have a very long run. And because his parents were probably inbred, that they think that he had like an overbite, back problems. He was like fully deformed. He had to walk with a cane. And again, you know, for whatever reason, they thought the royal bloodlines would be pure if they slept with their sisters and various things. Um, but there were over 5,000 artifacts buried with King Tut. Also kind of weird and sad, two mummified unborn babies. Wow. So they think that King Tut actually, um, when he was nine, he also, they had him marry his half-sister. And they believe that those two unborn babies were from his weird, incestuous, um, you know, relationship he had with his half-sister to keep these bloodlines pure. This is like when... I don't know. This is like when years in the future after somebody's death, their music gets discovered. Okay. And everyone who's everyone who knows about that era was like, "Yeah, that guy was really weird." Also, his wife, who was his older half half sister, some Egyptologists think it also might have been his stepmom, mm-hmm. and that she was married to his dad. And then when his dad passed, they married him off to the stepmom to kind of keep that lineage. This is like a weird. That's what I'm saying. It sounds like a, like a John Lennon documentary. Yeah, that not or, literally, but also just like or like bad. a Game of Thrones plot. Yeah, right. But according to the Institute for Mummies and Icemen, that's a real thing, by the way. So yeah, the Insti- mummies. And, wait, so mummies and men frozen in ice? Apparently, yeah. So like cave the caveman from like every sitcom ever. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Hmm. It it um they said it took eight years to catalog and empty out all of the artifacts in King Tut's tomb. That's how much stuff was in there. Interestingly, he he was mummified. He was mummified with a fully erect penis. (laughs) Yeah. Was it natural? Well, actually, some historians think that his embalmers swapped out his with a larger member and put it on. Now, there's there's mixed opinions on this, but they could tell that the penis wasn't placed... Like, it was placed there in a different way from if it was normally mummified with his natural body. Now, some might have thought that it was removed and then it was mummified uh, separately to kind of keep it more intact so they could make it erect. Others think that he just wanted to have a larger penis for his mummy. Either way. How do you ask somebody? <laughs> I mean, what if, what if Hey, they- Alex, when you die, yeah, can I have your penis <laughs> so that when I die, I'll use your penis... In my open casket funeral. Imagine, like, the... And I'll be fully erect. I do I do imagine, like, when King Tut was thinking about having someone... Like, he probably... Like, he was already super deformed. He might have had, like, a micropenis or something. Um, <laughs> if he had a thing, he's like, hey, bring me all the slaves with giant dogs. I want to pick the one that I'm going to be mummified with. Gosh. That's the world's worst farmer's market. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> Um, also, one of the most famous pharaohs, Cleopatra. You probably heard of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Elizabeth Taylor played her in that movie, and she's very famous. She was actually the last pharaoh. Um, so she had affairs with Julius Caesar and Mark Antony, and eventually she killed herself um, when there's a lot of war going on between her and the Roman Empire, and the Romans took over. But she was also, um, a lot of historians think she was very brilliant. She spoke seven languages. She was beautiful and like a very um, intellectual tactician of you know being a pharaoh so she was incredibly wealthy as a pharaoh 
right? She had a lot of her, her economy was very successful. The way it worked back then, you know, all the the earnings that people made, typically the pharaoh took a huge chunk of it. Because, oh, so taxes, something yeah. kind of changed. Yeah. Well, what happened also too is the pharaohs would basically have control over all the fertile land that you could grow crops on. So the deal was like, okay, you can like quote unquote rent this land here to farm. I take most of it, and then you get to feed your family. So the most famous thing I would say from ancient Egypt are the pyramids. And the most famous of all the pyramids is the great uh, Giza pyramid. It's the largest one that we think of. So the Giza pyramid, archeologists and Egyptologists today still don't know how they were built. So um, that major one took about 20 years to build, but pyramids in general took about 10 to 20 years. But do you know anything about the pyramid of Giza? I don't know if you've ever learned about it or studied it. No, I do know that uh, aliens is how they did it, right? So that is one theory. I think that theory is a little ridiculous. I know we're a weed show, but even for this, I think it's a bit absurd. Really? The reason they think it, alien, the people who say aliens must have built it. Are geniuses. It's because the structures are so incredibly sophisticated for the time. And the rocks and stones are so heavy that even now they don't know how they would have built it. So, for example, the Giza Pyramid has about 2.3 million limestone blocks and 8,000 tons of granite, and 500,000 tons of mortar. They think a workforce of about 40,000 skilled laborers built it. They don't think slaves built it. They think it was like a very hard technical job that like trained workers built. But the thing is, some of those stones alone weighed as much as 70 tons. Just to put that in perspective, that's like two Greyhound buses in terms of weight. So they're trying to... With or without the added sweat... Just the weight of sweat baked into the vehicle as a whole. Because that's like another two tons. Oh, yeah. I think without. Like a a brand new, clean, never been peed on Greyhound bus. That's why people are like, oh, it must have been aliens. Because they're so heavy that even with today's technology, they don't know how they were built. There's theories. They think they might have used a ramp system. um, Some scientists and archaeologists think that they actually poured them as like like they had like a like a brick mortar system and they poured them there on site and built it but um there's really no they, they don't have a clue but there are some weird things about the pyramids um i could do a whole separate episode on the pyramids to be honest because there's so much exact like weird anomalies about it mm-hmm. but where they're located on earth it's at the exact center landmass of the earth so where the pyramids are it's the exact center in relation to where all the different continents are, it's the dead center, even spot to all of that. So, Armando, what do you think about ancient Egypt? Um, what do I think of ancient Egypt? It's it's cool. Do you learn anything interesting today? I learned a lot of interesting stuff, but because I smoke so much weed, I'm not sure how much I'll remember. All right, guys, before we wrap up this episode, I want to take a second and thank our friends over at Stash Monkey. If you've got a stash you're looking to store safely and responsibly, Stash Monkey's got you covered. Stash Monkey is a combination locking smell proof stash box that you can use to store cannabis, prescriptions, or really just about anything you want to store safely. The owner's a friend of mine, and he invented Stash Monkey because, just like me, he's a dad who enjoys cannabis and wants to store his stash safely and responsibly. I own one myself, and it's a great product. It comes with a built-in rolling tray and a removable silicone organizer you can use for things like vape pens and cartridges. Stash Monkey's a big supporter of all of our podcasts on the Skewed Orbit Network, and if you want to order one, head over to stashmonkeystore.com skewed. 
Again, that's stashmonkeystore.com slash skewed, spelled S-K-E-W-E-D. You'll save 5% on your order, and it really helps out the show. Uh, Armando, this has been so fun, man. It was really a pleasure having you. So for the listeners, for the viewers, remind everybody where they can find you, where they can support you, check out your work, all that good stuff. Yeah, you can find me on the internet, on uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, if you want to join in there. Um, all of that stuff is at Mondo Does Stuff. M A N D O Does Stuff. Just one word. That's most of the stuff I do. I, I co host a show, uh, Cult Podcast. Uh, very fun. We talk basically like this, uh, less high normally. Sure. And Sometimes. we go through, yeah. Most, uh, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to hit a thing of, a thing of weed. Sometimes you just have to smoke a bowl when you're talking about like a bunch of aliens. Yeah. Um, for two hours, but uh, yeah, it's very fun. Cult podcast. Find us everywhere you listen to shows, uh, especially Rooster Teeth, which is a great company that we work with. Um, and all of our, we're working on getting all of our episodes up there. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, great stuff. All right, guys. Well, I've been your host, Alex Getlin. We'll see you next time. Thank you.